0: Our Father in Heaven, You are wonderful, and You are gracious in Your sending of Your Son, Jesus Christ, and we we adore You for Your grace and for Your love toward us that is amazing and beyond compare. We pray that, um, that today You would open our eyes and If anyone is here and does not have the faith in Jesus and their eyes have not been opened, that even today you will open eyes to see the kingdom of God. Open eyes to see what it is that you want to do and what you are doing all around. I pray that we would um, more fully right now surrender our lives and our souls to you. That your will would be done in our lives. And uh, God, right now we're going to need uh, ears to hear, we're going to need um, to be able to focus in the midst of of the noises and the the wind and the heat and everything, so we pray that you would give us that, ears to hear, and hearts that are soft right now to be transformed by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would forgive us of our, um, our bad attitudes and our even lackadaisical spirit that we've been, uh, many of us have carried into this this time today, but uh, that you would forgive us of our uh, bitterness toward others that we bring to meetings like this, and uh, as we, Lord, forgive one another, pray that you would forgive us. And uh, lead us and guide us not only today but every day as your people and uh, lead us away from temptation God because if if you don't lead us we will uh, fall further and further into sin if we don't follow you and if you don't lead us so we need your guidance by your Holy Spirit and by your word and uh, God we do believe that this uh, that there is a, a real and spiritual war going on I pray that we would not forget that and that, You would protect us as a people and as a family and as families from the attacks of Satan, um, from his accusations against your saints, and um, even protect us from our own uh, flesh that will seek to wreak havoc on your church. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So everybody in John 3? Got it? John 3, if you've got something... You there, hopefully, with me? So, um, before I read John 3, though, I want to give you a little bit of context. Uh, Jesus is going to meet up with this guy named Nicodemus, that's right. Um, Pastor's kid got that one. Um, But Nicodemus would have been, um, you know, a reverend Dr. Nicodemus. He would have been uh, educated in the Word of God, which we call the Old Testament. And let me read to you one passage from Ezekiel, one of the prophets that relates to today's passage. Ezekiel's 36:25 to 27 says, "I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your unclean, clean cleanses, all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So Nicodemus would have known this passage. This would have been one of many passages uh, that that he would have known and been very familiar with and would have studied and, and been taught on. And yet we read this story. So read with me. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, Kenny introduced these these two verses last week to say that, that Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said what the world, what many of us are tempted to believe about Jesus and what the world many would agree with in the world that don't necessarily have their faith in Jesus is that He's a good teacher, teacher, right? That's what it is completely acceptable today to say about Jesus. He's a good teacher. And even God was definitely on His side because He performed these signs. But it's a completely inadequate view of Jesus is what Jesus points out here. So Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus will do this in the next few chapters, he'll do this. People come to him and they'll say something and they're talking like, you know, surface level, kind of like, you're a great teacher. What do you have to teach me? And then he just goes way deeper or way over their head. And and he invites them to have their minds blown and reassembled with the gospel. That's what he's doing here. And so he says, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, great, hilarious passage of the Bible. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Yeah. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit. Remember that passage in Ezekiel? Water in the Spirit. He should be familiar with this. Water in the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now here, I know if you're familiar with the Bible at all, you know this word flesh. Uh, And even as I prayed, I used the the word flesh to refer to the way Paul uses this word often, which is your your sinful nature uh, that, that battles against The Spirit of God. Uh, What Jesus is referring to here, more likely, is just that which is born of flesh. As in, we look back at John chapter 1, he says, you know, he refers to this, he's saying just flesh as in that which is born of human work and efforts. Not necessarily even bad human works and efforts, just human work and effort. So that which is born of the flesh, as in, that which is born of man and, and our efforts is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is And bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you the earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Which, the Son of Man is a a phrase that Jesus used, almost exclusively Jesus used about himself to refer to himself as the Son of God, the God-Man, the Son of Man. And this is a beautiful uh, picture here. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Anybody not familiar with that story? What happened was the, the, the Israelites in the wilderness, as they're being redeemed from their slavery, uh, were immoral and they were against God's ways. And so God sent the, the desert snakes to, uh, to attack them, basically, and to punish them. And the only way that they would be healed and have new life again was to look at this uh, bronze snake on a pole that Moses would hold up. And they would look at it. This snake raised up, this pole raised up, they would look at it and have new life. And be renewed. It's from Numbers 21, if you want to look that up later. Um, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. So Jesus here is talking to this this ruler, and He's talking about the kingdom of God and how you get into it. And Nicodemus wants to press into kind of the details of it, and, and yet Jesus says, no, 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 you've... If you can't even understand the entryway into the kingdom, I'm not going to begin talking to you about all the intricacies of how the kingdom works. So, Jesus is saying, none of your knowledge, none of your gifts, none of your understanding, your position, your integrity, your good works, your wonderful gospel community, life and leadership, your prayer life, none of that can get you into the promised kingdom. By your own standing and works. And that's kind of where the where the law appears in this passage. Every time we look at a passage of scripture, we need to understand there's there's the law is, is rising to the surface. There's the the thing that points you to realize that you cannot do this yeah. by your own or even with the help of others. And then the gospel is the answer to the fact that we cannot do this on our own. And here, Jesus is saying, no human work can get you into the kingdom of God. There is a standard of righteousness, of holiness, and of redemption work even that you cannot do for your own soul. You can't pay the price for your own soul that comes from not being perfect, from rebelling against God from even being born into sin. There's nothing you can do to buy back your soul from the rebellion that you have committed against the good and perfect God. A little repentance, a little change is not nearly enough. Jesus says you must have a complete and utter overhaul of your entire heart. By the power of God alone, for the purposes of God alone for His glory. So this is a completely new nature Jesus is talking about when He says you must be born again to even see the kingdom of God. You, you must have a complete new nature. This isn't turning a leaf over and seeing the other side. This is a completely new plant. You see, we, we like to think of Jesus and, and God, you know, Jesus' grace is like everyone gets a second chance. But the reality isn't that so much that Jesus offers us a second chance. But He give, as though we could just come a, become a better version of who we are. But instead, Jesus completely and utterly cleanses us from our former selves to become truly beloved and truly renewed when we're born again. We become part of His kingdom. And when we become part of the kingdom of God by being born again and we're born again by placing our faith in Jesus, our trust, we we rest in Him. we say, we trust what I said earlier, that there is nothing I can do to earn a status before God that will get me into His kingdom, His new heavens and His new earth. And so I trust that Jesus' work on the cross is enough. I trust that that when Jesus was lifted up, all I need to do is look to Him and I will be cleansed, I will be healed, and I will be made new. We can't come to Jesus on any other grounds as though we had something to offer to the man who's hanging on the cross. We must come to Him and say, there is nothing in me That can earn my way to the Father. So I accept your righteousness on my behalf. And I accept your cleansing work. Your sacrifice on the cross. I want to apply that a little bit to where we are. As a church. And kind of what's going on for us as a church. Our... uh, our kind of mission statement, and I know we haven't talked enough about it in the past few months, but but kind of our adopted mission statement as a church is uh, that we are a spirit-led family of gospel communities who make disciples of Jesus for God's glory. We're a spirit-led family of gospel communities who make disciples of Jesus for God's glory. And there's a lot in that, and we'll unpack that more and more in the months to come. But First of all, we are Spirit-led. This passage Jesus talks about, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We aren't led by our own wishes that are completely predictable. We're led by a Spirit. We're led by God, the Holy Spirit, who takes us where He wants us to go for our good and for God's glory. And I know things... Uh, feel new and unsettled right now as a church. And we can see that as uh, time to panic, time to give up, time to be overwhelmed. But instead, we can see that with eyes that have faith as, you know what, we follow a spirit who Jesus says, in in description of those who follow the spirit, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. We hear the sound of the spirit. He's at work in our lives. He's transforming us from the inside out. He is disrupting things so that we'll turn to Jesus instead of looking to our own ability to keep things stable right now. I mean, so many things are new. Even Shane pointed out this morning, it's going to take me a while to get used to you having product in your hair. That's how new things are, is I have gel in my hair this morning. The, the wind blows where it wishes. We are a spirit-led, and we are a family, which means there are roles within that even. We are a family. We have leaders as elders and gospel community leaders, and we will seek to follow the spirit, but also lead and be able to, to say, follow me as I follow Christ. But we're, we're a spirit-led family, not just of groups or of communities, but of gospel communities. We put what Jesus is talking about here absolutely central to everything we do and that will never change. Ever. The gospel is the center. The gospel is the engine. The gospel is what compels us on mission. The gospel is what repairs our hearts when they are broken. The gospel is what cleanses us from the inside out. The gospel is what brings us joy and what brings us vigor and zeal to go and seek and save the lost and preach this good news that you must be born again because that is what is good for you. That is what is better for you. That is where new life is found, is in Jesus Christ. So we're a Spirit-led family of Gospel communities. And as communities, we do this again and again. We gather together as communities and as a community to remind one another of this Gospel and to bring one another back to the cross. And so as we go through life and the Spirit leads where He will, and the wind blows where it will, we must live as a community community That reminds one another of the good news. That reminds one another of the rock that is Jesus, not the rock that is your ability to please me and my ability to please you. Or whatever it is that you may kind of begin to to be tempted to find your identity and away from the gospel. That's why we live as communities, to remind and encourage one another in the good news of Jesus Christ. And then the last part is who make disciples of Jesus for God's glory. We do expect that the gospel will multiply and go forth. That, that at, just as we get to read the evangelist John's account, even today, and it can transform our hearts, we will take this good news to others and make disciples, and it will glorify God when we do that. And so we're called to go and love and, and preach the good news to those who don't yet know Jesus together. So we are... Once again, a spirit-led family of gospel communities who make disciples of Jesus for God's glory. And that's not going to change. And in fact, we we are seeking to have a a renewed vigor to pursue that mission so that the gospel will so saturate our city that every man, woman, and child can have a daily encounter with Jesus, either in word or in deed, through our lives. That's our vision. And that's what we hope to see in the coming months and in the coming years. As we unite together around Jesus, follow Him as the Spirit leads in communities making disciples. And so, I pray that you'll join us in that. If you have questions about that, if, you, if you're not sure if you're on board with that, if you're not sure if, if you can keep up with pursuing that mission, then at, you know, be open about that with your gospel community this week. Discuss that together, that, that we want to go and preach this good news that you must be born again to enter the kingdom, yeah. and and that we can be humble together in community because it's not by our own work, but be, but because we've been born again, mm-hmm. that we are united together in God's kingdom. I know I'm talking loudly like there's a big audience, but uh, I'm excited about this, this mission that God has called us to uh, this morning. Um, And and along those lines, actually, I want us to pray for Gloria, who's who's kind of. We prayed for her a month ago or so, as she's getting ready to step out in faith and go on a mission trip um, this week, this Thursday. She's leaving this Thursday to go on a trip, so to Zambia. So. If a couple of you would just um, you know gather around her, um, I know she's sitting behind stuff, so maybe you need to find a different seat or something but and just lay hands on her and if a couple people could pray out loud for Gloria as she gets ready to go on her trip uh, and pursue this vision of spreading the gospel, um, that'd be a great thing. And then I'll close in prayer. Actually, if you, if you have a seat real quick, I just want to go over a couple details about the coming days and months actually. As I close up, did you want to say something? Just stand up. Okay. So, what's that? Make sure. Yeah. We, yeah. Got, we got you back. Thanks. Um, so next week, does everybody know where we're going to be? High school. High school. We're going to go back to high school next week. Uh, San Diego High School. Yeah, we're going to, uh, again, have a, a presence for our gathering in East Village and downtown Where There's uh, very little presence uh, for gathered churches, so it'll be a great opportunity once again uh, to to be where people of East Village and downtown can come and gather with us and we can all converge from our different neighborhoods together there at San Diego High School. You can actually, from what I understand, that parking lot off Russ Boulevard at City College where we were is public parking on the weekend, and they're going to open that gate right there across Russ Boulevard for us. Uh, So you can go, it's basically you just park in the same place and go the other way. So you can park along Russ Boulevard. There will be a gate open and some stairs. We're going to be in a, uh, not, I keep wanting to say auditorium, in a theater, um, and uh, there will be a couple classrooms for the kids. Uh, on that note, too, we do need to have a renewed push for uh, those of you who uh, feel that you may be called or feel some sort of prompting as an opportunity to help serve with the kids in the nursery and preschool classes that we have right now. So if that's the case, um, you can talk to Natasha if you're interested in that, and we'll get you kind of the application packet. Um, and we'll sit down and talk with you about that and get to know your story a little bit um, as you get to help out with the kids. So that is a big need right now, though, is for some more people to get in that rotation. We've had some people that have stepped out of that, and uh, obviously we haven't really been doing that for a month or so. So if that's you, if, if that's you at all, that is a big part of the gathering Together as a church, obviously we have a lot of kids, and we want to be able to pour into them love and the gospel uh, on their level during our gatherings. So City uh, San Diego High School, the kids' stuff. And uh, just to let you know, that's something that hopefully you're a little bit excited about, we've begun making plans and penciling out um, calendar stuff for uh, different uh, kind of theological education opportunities in the coming year. Uh, so uh, this next month or... Is it now August that we said? In August, we're going to try to put together a uh, marriage weekend opportunity where you can, uh, It's we're going to use a curriculum called The Art of Marriage. It's a DVD thing. Uh, it's a good time where we'll get together probably a Friday evening and Saturday and just really be poured into um, in a teaching way uh, your marriage and you get to have good conversations with others around that. Um, and then also at the end of July, we're going to have our New City 101, which is our very kind of... Entry level, welcome to New City, uh, what's the story of God, and how do we see ourselves within that? And this time, uh, because we're just getting this started and ramped up, we'd like everyone to join in that. And so toward that end, we're going to try to do it twice, on a Sunday evening and a Monday evening. So it, when the sign-up for that comes out, we'd ask everyone to sign up and try to make it to one of those two New City 101 opportunities. But there's lots more coming. We're going to teach on the Bible, how to read your Bible, Uh you know, trusting God, uh, as you read the Bible, we're going to teach on um, finances in the coming months. We're going to uh, pull together you know, more clear what membership looks like at New City, uh, what it looks like to be part of that. Um, so just to let you know, we're working on those things, working hard on those things uh, for your good and for God's glory. So I'll let you know about those things. And um, let me uh, end as kind of a benediction, uh, is 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So I pray that you'll live out being born of God by loving one another right now and in the coming days, weeks, and months. Amen.